Buenos dias from Laos Point. This is the Rorschach Argentina update from the 9th of June, 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Argentina. Last week, we hinted at the possibility that the central bank would allow individual exporters of services to receive payments in U.S. dollars in their local dollar-denominated accounts. On Saturday the 4th, this exceptional measure was finally approved, which allows receivers to keep the money in that currency without needing to immediately exchange it for pesos at the official rate. The enablement of some mechanism to draw at least part of the dollars back to the system was urgent. It is estimated that around $1,800 million were being received by exporters of services in the so-called knowledge economy, most of which ended up up in the parallel market. Still, there are limits. In the case of individuals, exporters may collect up to $12,000 per year in their dollar-denominated accounts in Argentina. Values that exceed that amount will have to be settled in pesos at the official exchange rate. For companies, they will be able to hold foreign currency to pay the salaries of their employees in dollars with a cap equivalent of 50% of the increase in service exports in 2022 compared to all of 2021, or 20% of the gross wages for the remainder of this year. The cap will be determined by the smallest of these two amounts. But not everything is good news for companies. On Monday the 6th, President Fernandez unveiled legislation to add a 15% tax on companies' extraordinary profits or annual gains above 1 billion pesos, 8.3 million U.S. dollars. While the proposal is unlikely to pass through Congress, where the government lost the majority, this is clearly an attempt to please the left-wing members of his coalition. After all, the governing party remains seriously fragmented. Some of the extraordinary profits or unexpected profits, as some call them, stem from the rising commodity prices due to the war in Ukraine. In fact, the government expects record export levels this year, about 90 billion U.S. dollars in goods. That would represent a 15% jump from last year, led by the country's main crops, soybeans, wheat, and maize. The government is also making an effort to boost exports in its energy and technology sectors. At the end of the day, the country needs more export dollars to meet its agreement with the IMF. Speaking of coming in and out of the country, the immigration office, known as Migraciones, has eliminated the passport stamps system. The registration of entry and exit is now purely digital as a way to reduce costs and risks of fraud. Still, everything will be registered, so this is not to say that overstaying will be easier. Even if migrations officers can't see the number on your stamp, they will still ask you to pay the corresponding fee if you overstayed, which currently stands at around 12,000 pesos, or 60 U.S. dollars. In other news, diesel shortages still spark concern in the government. At least eight provinces reported shortages last week, mostly in the northern part of the country. The cabinet chief, Juan Mansur, promised more imports to compensate for the shortfalls. From shortfalls to snowfalls, have an eye on the weather forecast this week. A new period of intense cold is expected in the next couple of days, especially in Patagonia. Other Andean provinces, like Mendoza, received warnings of snowfalls of 20 to 50 centimeters. 
You know where it's not cold? In Abu Dhabi, where Argentina's national football team will be based to prepare for the World Cup. The Argentina Football Association entered into a strategic cooperation agreement with Abu Dhabi Sports Council, which includes friendly matches prior to the event. Meanwhile, the world of football is mourning after Carlos Tevez announced his retirement. The 38-year-old forward who played 76 times for Argentina, including at two World Cups, said he's leaving the field for now, but planning to become a coach. The death of his adoptive father from COVID-19 in February 2021 had a lot to do with his decision. As he explained, he lost the motivation to play after losing his number one fan. On that note about the pandemic, a new study revealed that after the stricter period of lockdown was over, more than 24,000 divorces were registered in the province of Buenos Aires. This is the highest rate in the last 15 years. Coincidentally, during the 35th anniversary of the binding divorce law, which was sanctioned in June 1987. As for the causes, we don't have any official information, but we can imagine. Something that also changed after the pandemic is the way medical prescriptions work. Ever since the start of COVID-19, which forced many medical professionals to see their patients via video call instead of in their practice, pharmacies began to accept digital prescriptions or even photographs of physical ones. Now, almost every laboratory and diagnostic center or pharmacy accepts digital prescriptions. From photographs, to films. The city of Buenos Aires is preparing to launch a new program for international filmmakers called BA Cash Rebate. Aiming to put the city on the radar for big productions, this incentive offers a 20% cash rebate on productions expenditure in the capital. As covered by the news outlet Variety, the cash rebate will be capped at 75 million pesos about 600,000 U.S. dollars at the official rate per title, and it requires a minimum spend of 80 million pesos, $680,000, and a shoot of at least four days in Buenos Aires. Filmmakers will be able to shoot totally or partially in the city and in both co-productions or totally foreign titles. We also saw the Argentine capital make international headlines for its rich book scene this week. The New York Times published an in-depth look into the book business in Buenos Aires, which is definitely worth a read. The article dives into how small bookshops are managing to survive and even thrive amidst a recession and a pandemic, powered by a loyal community of readers. You can find the link to this article in our show notes. Speaking of becoming international, Amazon Prime greenlighted the second season of Yossi the Regretful Spy, which gained global acclaim earlier this year. This show, which aired in April, tells the story of an Argentinian intelligence agent that goes undercover in the Jewish community to gather information, unintentionally preparing the ground for anti-Semitic terrorist attacks. Now set in 1994, the second season will deal with the attack on the AMIA building, the worst terror attack in Argentine history. Since we're on the topic of Argentine history— 
Remember that we have a holiday coming up this next week. Both Friday the 17th and Monday the 20th of June are national holidays. The former is the anniversary of the death of Martin Miguel de Güemes, General of the War of Independence. And on the 20th of June, Argentina commemorates the death of Manuel Belgrano, the creator of the flag. The main seat of the Flag Day commemorations is the National Flag Memorial in Rosario, in the province of Santa Fe. Roses are red, violets are blue. We need some feedback to be better for you. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at argentina at rorschach.com or follow us on Instagram at Rorschach Argentina and Twitter at Rorschach underline A-R-G. Nos vemos la próxima semana.